your Bibles and turn to Nahum. Nahum chapter 3, we've been verses 11 and 12 tonight, and I tell you, it's been since February since we were in Nahum uh, with Missions Conference and other things going, our, con- our uh, series on the seven last sayings of Christ on the cross. I've kind of gotten away from that, so we want to go back and uh, my will's to finish it. I want to make sure it's the Lord's will, but uh, uh, and, and uh, so we're, we're going to go on uh, with 11 and 12 tonight of Nahum chapter 3, and sermon I've titled, The Way Down, The Way Down. Verse 11 says, Thou shalt be drunken, thou shalt be hid, thou shalt seek strength because of the enemy. All thy strongholds shall, like fig trees, with first ripe fruits, if they be shaken, they shall fall, even fall into the mouth of the eater. Now shall we pray. Father, I pray now that as we look at your word tonight, this book of Nahum that had so much to say and shows us life then, but shows us eternity, but also shows us ourselves. And so, Father, I pray as we look at this, we allow the very Spirit of God through the preaching of his word tonight to speak to the hearts in Jesus Christ's precious and holy name. Amen. In verses 8 through 10, it spoke of populous No. No was a place in Egypt, and they thought their place was impregnable. Uh, they had these great walls. They had the weapons, and they had all the surrounding waters to protect them. And they thought, man, there is no way. And yet, it was destroyed. One thing we learn from history is people do not learn from history. Have you ever heard someone say, listen, we're just going to take a celebratory drink, we won't get drunk, and then we're going down bailing them out. Or they just have one or two drinks, they go down and they wreck the car. And, and, and yet they said, oh, it, it won't affect me. Perhaps you've heard someone say, I will not get involved with that married man. And later there's a marriage broken up. Young lady says, I won't get involved with that teenage fella, and later she's expecting a child. As a preacher, we've heard this over and over. Hey, I won't follow that crowd. I'm behind you 100%. I've got your back all the way. And two months later, they leave with that crowd. I call these kind of sayings and these kind of things uh, famous last words. But as it comes out, people were trusting in the flesh. That they're tr- this won't happen to me. I won't allow it to happen to me. But didn't they, you know, there's one reason we call alcoholic beverage spirits. Because spirits of hell occupy them and work through them. Now, men back in the day could understand that. People today have lost the ability to understand that. But that is still true today. Just like the young lady. 
uh, the young man. Oh, that'll never happen to me, but they don't understand that the biology they were created with kicks in and it takes over them. They may have had the best of intentions, but their intentions turn to a broken heart. Perhaps it would be good for us to think on 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, lest we also should become a statistic. There we read, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Now what he means by being in the faith. I'm living by the doctrine of God's word. I, I, I know his doctrine. I know what it tells me to do and not do. And that is governing my life. That is being in the faith. That is not just knowing sound doctrine. It is living by sound doctrine. Okay? So again, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. See if you're living by it. Prove. Test. Test your own self. Prove your own self. Know you not, your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates, not really saved. He said, check, you've got Christ in you. Be careful. Stand in the faith. And that is one of the key secrets to living the Christian life. Always examine yourselves to see, am I going by the word of God, no matter what it is. Now, as we look at our text, let us first consider, in verse 11, their wisdom deficit. Thou shalt be drunken. Oh, what a picture that is. <clears throat> Excuse me. What a picture that is of Nineveh. Unfortunately, it's becoming the same picture in the USA. Just like Nineveh, just like populous know. We think we can't fall, but we can. But just as those with the social drinking churches that we have today that say, oh, no, that's all right. We don't know what's wrong. Those old people were just ignorant. You know, when you don't have a biblical answer, that's what you got to say. Oh, they're just ignorant. They can't actually prove beyond a shadow of a doubt anything from the scriptures about their social drinking. Why? Because it applies to the flesh instead of the spirit. <laughs> In the scriptures, it builds up the spirit, not the flesh. It builds up the spirit. Well, Nineveh, they were drunken. They partied on the walls. They partied in the city. They thought their city was undefeatable. It's impregnable. And it may have been by man, but God sends a flood of waters. God does the work here. He sends a flood of waters to do the job. And we're told in verses 8 through 10, it happened to know. It'll happen to Nineveh. As a matter of fact, 80 years after Nineveh, it'll happen again to Babylon. People that thought, it could never happen to me. And when you get to that point, oh, that'll never happen to me. I've got control let me tell you something. You are on the way down. Why do we say that will never happen to me? Because we're playing with it at the time. We're playing with it and we're saying, you see, I'm not giving into it. You play with it. I'm not giving into it. You ever been fishing that they hit your bait? You try to get it? No. Hit it? No. No. Then finally you just say, okay, go ahead and take it. <laughs> 
then you got them. And that's what the devil does with you. That's the way down. That's the way down. The temple had some precious vessels in it. And when Israel, finally Jerusalem goes into captivity, Babylon takes those holy vessels and carries them away to Babylon. But in Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar has a feast, a drunken feast. And there, of course, we read about the the story of the handwriting on the wall. And they fall that very night. The number one power in the world. When God moved, it doesn't take long. In uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, we had this in our Sunday school series. Wine is a mocker. Strong drinking, uh, strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't say whoever gets drunk. It says wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. That is still true today. We simply must take God at his word and don't allow the social drinking liberal theologians tell you differently. God is right. His word is right. And it's preserved for us today. Live by it. Look, there are those well-educated men in, 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 in letters and so forth. They will try to teach differently. But why? Because they lack Spiritual discernment. They lack the ability to understand the truth of God. Because when they're not walking with God, it doesn't matter how much education, how much you have learned. It doesn't matter if you're not walking in the Spirit. That's what's wrong with them. Now, if that offends anybody, whether it's here or on the Internet or radio, take a deep breath and listen on. Okay? You'll be fine. By the way, Now, the first step here, we see it in Florida, we see it around the nation, is medical marijuana. Do you think it'll never come to social marijuana? If you do, see me after church and I'll sell you some real estate called the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, that's going to happen. I I like what my wife said about that. She said, we need to weed that out of here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you know, it's kind of like abortion in 1973. Now, we that were around then in the Roe versus Wade thing, remember that? Only for rape, incest, or the life of the mother. Isn't that how they do it today? That's the only reason they do it today, isn't it? See, they lied to you back then, and they'll lie to you about marijuana. The devil is the father of lies, and this comes out of hell, not out of heaven. We need to understand that. It's the same with drugs. Don't. Just be patient. Drugs will be the next thing that will flow freely, just like alcohol did after the 1930s. And you know... We are to examine ourselves. Don't think of yourself as the exception. Well, my case is different. 
You better examine yourself on what happens to the average person that walks in the flesh. Examine yourselves. Am I walking in the spirit or am I walking in the flesh? If you're walking in the spirit, you won't even ask the question. If you're walking in the flesh, you'll try to justify everything that's wrong. We also notice that strong, addictive, religious rock music. They call it CCM. I don't think that's a proper name. It's not con- Christian. can't really be contemporary because that's been going on since way back in the days of, uh, before uh, Egypt. So, so, you know, they act like it's brand new. It's not. It's not. So I think religious rock music's a better name. They should call it RRM. But what's it doing? Well, it's just killing worldwide missions. If it had its way in this church, what we did, this, what the Lord did through us, should I say, what the Lord did through us in this last mission conference would be wasted, be ignorant. You see, religious rock music is addictive. It's addictive. And it's destroying churches across this country. Now notice the, verse, verse, uh, the rest of the verse 11. Thou shalt be hid. Thou also shalt seek strength because of the enemy. You see, their wisdom deficit is seen in they look for help and strength from the enemy from anything else, but they don't look for it from the Lord. 150 years earlier, Nineveh turned to the Lord at the preaching of Jonah. This time, they don't look, ah, Jonah. That was a big mistake we made back there 150 years ago. That should have never happened. Our, our, our forefathers in America, those bigots, those no good people, this country wouldn't be like it is today if they hadn't had all this re- religious belief and all this... Uh, faith in God and, and, and the Constitution with the, the, the Bible, what they call the Judeo-Christian ethic. Oh, this country wouldn't be in the mess that it's in today. Now, well, the country didn't get in the mess it was until they went away from the Judeo-Christian ethic. You see, truth mixed with error is always error in God's sight. Again, truth mixed with error is all error in God's sight. So here's their wisdom. Oh, they thought they were going to be able to do something they can't, and they look for help anywhere but the Lord. I'm reminded of Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 through 17, in the tribulation hour near the end, and it says, and the... Uh, Verse 15, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks. Boy, those are the intellectuals of the day. They're talking to mountains and rocks. Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that, that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great David's wrath is coming, who shall be able to stand? Look, mountains and, and, and the rocks 
objects they made for worship. They prayed to them. Now they pray to them, but they can't save them. If they had turned to God, they would have known that those objects have mouths, but they speak not. They have ears, but they hear not. They have eyes, but they see not. And they have feet, but they walk not. They're idols. We're reminded of Nahum chapter 1 and verse 10. Where there were drunkards there, spoke of the drunkards. But then, that is more <clears throat> what they would probably call the lower end of cultural society. Chapter 3, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. These are supposedly the great and honorable men we're told. You know, as New Testament believers... We need to take the advice that the Spirit of God gave us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, excuse me. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 11. And learn from the Old Testament. Well, that's Old Testament, so that doesn't apply to today. Well, the New Testament told you to take, learn from it. Now, let's see what it says. It says there... Now, these things are, are, were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Look, don't have a wisdom deficit when you have God's Word. We have the Word. They didn't. Their great and honorable men did not stop to help the women and children, will be told. But they were only honorable in man's sight, not God's sight. It's only God who says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. You're his. He doesn't leave you nor forsake him. Don't forsake him as Nineveh did 150 years later. Don't forsake them as those in the tribulation who could have a chance to turn to him, and they don't. Oh, the way down is the wisdom deficit. Another way down is the weak defense. In verse 12, it says, All thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with the first ripe wigs. If they, uh, figs, if they be shaken... They shall fall. I guess wigs would fall too, wouldn't they? If they be shaken, they shall fall to the mouth of the eater. By the way, I'm not going to spend time on it, but falling into the mouth of the eater is falling into the mouth of destruction. The devil has you. The great destroyer. There is no defense, however, when once God begins to judge. And that is also true that when he begins to work on his own people, he chastens them. Now, a lot of younger people can't grasp this. A lot of us older people can. Because in our day, parents, I would say they spanked us. But that really wouldn't be true. They beat the fire out of us. I mean, they let us have it. 
I mean, you wanted to stand up to do whatever you did for a little while after that. Now, once, once they started with the belt, you didn't tr- turn around and say, uh, can we negotiate? Uh, look, I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry, so no, let's, let's do something else. Now, today's society thinks that's what you're supposed to do. And because of uh, Dr. Spock, not Star Trek, but because of Dr. Spock, we have a society that's gone crazy today in all types of morality. Or should we say immorality? And so... Here we have a people, Nineveh, that stands as an example to us. Their forefathers had repented. But their forefathers' repentance does not stand for them. And so, God tells what's going to happen to them before it does. History tells us that that very stronghold of Nineveh has vanished. It's gone. As a matter of fact, it's gone until about the 19th century. And what they found then was only in part, here it is the 21st century, and they still haven't found all of it. When God does a job, He does it. He does it. And there's a correlation again in the book of Revelation. During the time of the tribulation, in Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, And behold, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Let me just stop right there. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Now look, I... We were in Israel. I don't know if y'all were with me that time or not, but we went in that tent there at Kafir Kadim. The one time we went in there, and they closed the tent. Now, it was made of goat's hair. It was a big tent. I mean, it would take up quite a bit of this section right here that's it's so big. And you couldn't see anything without a light in the middle of the day. Kind of paints a picture for you. When he says here about the hair, that that it's like that, as black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became as blood. Now, it doesn't say that it is actually sackcloth, and it doesn't say that it is actual blood. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Untimely. It wasn't the time for figs. Oh, that has happened to so many people. They're going to wait to get things right with God, and he takes them out. Untimely. Untimely. It was bad in Nineveh, but in in the tribulation, the entire earth will convulse. Huge meteorites will pelt the earth. It will seem to bounce like a ball according to to, uh, Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 19 through 21. It correlates with that in 
verse 12 here of our text correlates with Revelation chapter 6. Strongholds like first ripe rig, the figs, fallen. They're shaken and they fall. It actually has the idea of to be cast down when it talks about being fallen, to be violently cast down. And this isn't interesting in what they trusted in. Now think of this. What they trusted in, their security is not reliable as the Lord God. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will never leave thee nor forsake thee. No, boy, they were trusting in what they had. Nineveh was trusting what they had. Babylon was trusting what they had. Then there's Hezekiah, surrounded by 185,000 fighting soldiers. What's he going to do? He doesn't even have 2,000 men to put on horses to go out against them. Well, he does what he ought to do. He says, Lord, I can't do it. We need thee. And the Lord kills 185,000 in one night. They didn't even have to lift a finger. They let God do it. You see, our trust in God goes only as far as what we can see with our eyes instead of what His Word says. The way down is to have to always have it before your eyes instead of saying, okay, God said it, it's true, I'm going to live by it. If you won't do that, you're on the way down. And it reminds us of Revelation 20, 14 and 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, book of life. Oh, that's salvation stuff those people talk about. Look, I'm prosperous in this world. Look, I've, I've, I'm advancing in this world. If I got saved and I gave my life to Christ, I'd probably not have the position. I'd, people would start to go away from me. I'd lose, I'd, lose, I'd lose that. You know, they have faith in their philosophy more than they have faith in the power of God to save their soul. They can't see beyond this life. They can't see eternity. And they're cast into the lake of fire. The Lord has t- said what was going to happen. The Lord said what was going to happen to Nineveh, and it did. He said what would happen to Babylon, and it did. And he says what's going to happen in the future, and it will. It will. Good is done. You die without Jesus Christ. Your eternity is in a lake of fire. And just as it did for Nineveh, so too today. Her destruction at Nineveh was full. It was very full. If you're not sure of your salvation, you better make sure. The mouth of the eater shows one other thing. Once eaten, it never returns. The man in hell, once cast into the lake of fire, never escapes. 
The fig becomes part of the body now. The man in hell becomes part of that place, never able to cease to exist, never able to escape. Tormented day and night forever and ever. And something else for us to see. What the residents of Nineveh experienced, they experienced for a day. The man in hell experiences it forever. Forever. This world needs a powerful witness. What is a powerful witness? Somebody who will pray, seek the help and power of God, and go out and witness. Uh, Don't you have to be a preacher? No. Uh, Don't you have to be an evangelist? No. Go out and seek to win the lost to Christ. Live by the word of God. Walk in his truth. And you'll find that you have the power of God when you do it God's will, God's way. I believe all of us would say tonight that Sodom and Gomorrah were terrible places. But notice what the Lord says in Matthew 10. Jesus had sent out his disciples and said, if they don't receive you, after you preach the word, leave. Just leave. You know, one day, you be a witness. The Lord's going to take us out. He's going to rapture us. We're going to leave. He told, he said, and shake off the dust of your feet. We'll be caught up and all the dirt of this world will be taken off. Verse 15 says, This, for those who reject the word among the lost sheep of Israel. Well, there are many local churches that have left the word and the faith. So verse 15 said, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. They rejected the gospel. Now you think of an individual rejects the gospel, has a chance. The Bible lets us know it'll be worse for that person than the person that has never heard one time. Even though they may be in the jungle and live the most immoral, unrighteous life that we could know of, and that's all they've ever known. But Matthew chapter 11 expands further. Again, people had a chance to repent and they don't. These Jesus preached to as well. In chapter 11, verses 20 through 24, he then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Isn't it interesting people say that repentance is not a part of salvation? Why in the world did Jesus go around preaching it? don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out, by the way. He says, woe to thee, Shorazin. Woe to thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. 
But they didn't have the word. They didn't have a preacher. They didn't have a witness. He goes on in verse 22. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for them side and so forth. Oh, verse 23, excuse me. And thou Capernaum. Now just think of Capernaum. Jesus lived there after they moved from Nazareth. Jesus did most of his miracles, quite a few of his miracles, the, the greatest amount of miracles in Capernaum. Many of those things that you read in the Bible happened in Capernaum. He says, And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. I used to hear preachers preach, God gave them up from Romans chapter 1, meaning they, a homosexual can't be saved. That's the way they preached. But it also said, disobedient to parents and all the others, but for some reason that didn't count. Only the homosexuals have that entire list of sin. Look, God's power is greater than homosexuality. It was there in, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. If they had a gospel witness, they had a man, but he wasn't a witness. They had a righteous man. Lot is called a righteous man, but he wasn't a witness. And because he wasn't a witness, there wasn't ten people that were saved in Sodom. And God destroyed it. But friend, let's remember this. Sodom had no Bible. Without Christ, one has not only a weak defense, they have no defense against the almighty judge of the universe. People without Christ are on their way down. People who don't witness help them get there faster. Pray and support missions. They go to places where there is no Bible. That without that witness, there's no, there's no hope. It's nothing but eternal destruction. They do not hear and repent and believe the gospel. If you love your family, if you love your country, then realize it'll be worse for them than for Sodom and Gomorrah that had no Bible and never heard. You must pray. You must seek. You must do your all to bring them to Christ. We expect missionaries to do that. Why don't we expect it of ourselves? Verse 13, we won't cover that tonight, but it will show as women are there. <laughs> the soldiers aren't defending them. 
they're gone. They abandoned them. Christ doesn't do that, but says, as the women. Women can do a lot of things, but they're not really hand-to-hand combat soldiers. The fire of hell devours all the bars of hope once man is there. My friend, if we don't share the gospel with others, we don't witness it, we don't warn them, we help light the fire that burns the bars of hope. Ezekiel 33, 8 through 11. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Now look, I've had people ask me, does that mean that because he didn't witness he'll go to hell? No, that's not what it means. It'll mean not only loss of reward, I believe that you'll actually see that person cast into the lake of fire. I think that you'll actually see them looking at you as they're cast into the lake of fire. I think I'll have people that will see me. And when the Bible speaks of ashamed, I think we'll fully understand what that means at that time. He says, nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it. What's he turning from? (laughs) Turn from sin. Don't ever preach on sin. Don't call people sinners. What are you being saved from? Sin. (laughs) Don't tell people they're sinners. Don't preach on sin. We need to let them know sin is sin in God's sight, but God can save them if they're willing to turn from it. And if they can't turn from it, but they want saved and delivered from it, turn to the Lord and let Him deliver them from it. He can. God can save a homosexual. God can save a drug addict. God can save a drunkard. But God can save a good, self-righteous man who thinks that he doesn't need anything if that man will turn to him realizing it's a sinner that deserves to go to hell. He says, Therefore, thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus you shall speak, saying, uh, saying, Our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them. How should we then live? Saying to them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Well, I tell you what, that flies in the face of Calvinism, doesn't it? God's already ordained. He's already uh, predestined some people to go to hell. Why would he predestine people to go to a place that doesn't give him any pleasure? Seems like that was his will. It would give him pleasure. His will fulfilled. No. The Bible still says, whosoever will. But that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? But you know the ultimate problem was right back there up in verse 8 of Ezekiel 33 of not warning the wicked to turn from their way. I believe that throughout the realm of Christianity today, 
that there is a major problem. That ultimate problem is this. The local church and the believer seems not to fear God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord also includes obeying Him and doing His will. And my friend, when we don't live in the fear of the Lord, we're on the way down. So I want to ask you tonight, are you on the way down in your spiritual life? Once you get started, it's a downward spiral that just picks up steam as it goes down. What we need are Christians strong in the word and strong in the practice of the word who will seek to rescue the perishing. Can God depend on me? Can God depend upon you? Let's bow our heads, please.